Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Well, it has been a, for me, um, somewhat of a wild four to six weeks uh, since April has ended. Now, my family no one would necessarily know that. I'm just talking about the things I've had to do in the last four to week, six weeks. And I want to catch everyone up, okay? So we had our last service at the warehouse at the end of April. And then we've been meeting online uh, through the month of May. And then we met in the Cape last week. And we've got a service here Sunday. Next Sunday will be on the first floor in Governor's 3. So I believe it's on that end of the building. And it's... Uh, it's Governor's Street, anyway. It's first floor down there, yeah. But you'll see our name will be next to that next Sunday, okay? But let's, let's let the Holy Spirit minister to us, and God is leading us for it. And I just want to share with you uh, everything that's happened in, inside of me in the last four to six weeks, okay? Holy Spirit, you're so good. Because of who you are, we have no concerns. We have no worries. Because you're the one caring for us. You're the one that goes before us. You're the one that makes the crooked places straight. You're the one that works all things out for our good. You're the one that, that perfects and accomplishes and leads and guides. And we ask your Holy Spirit to minister to each of us this morning as we, as we take the next steps forward in this ministry to do all that you've purposed in your heart for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our Bibles. You got your hard copy Bible with you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Last week at the Cape, we were in Matthew chapter 11, and that was part one of this series called Walking with Christ. So we're going to do part two today. If you haven't, please listen to part one of Walking with Christ. And I shared just a little bit about my journey going all the way back to my teen years and taking walks with God at night, even though I didn't know the scriptures at that point. But please listen to uh, Walking with Christ Part 1. It is available where all podcasts are available, Spotify and uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and all those good things. All right. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to start around verse 27. Before we do that, let's, let's talk about the nature of our Heavenly Father, Okay. And it's important to talk regularly about his goodness, to talk regularly about who he is, because he's not really like anyone we've ever met. He really is. Now, praise God, I know we're all sweet and nice, but he's perfect love. He really is. It's good to laugh at ourselves, isn't it, right? I mean, on my best day, I'm not even close to what he's like, right? But let's think about him for a moment because the, the theme of this series and the theme of what we're doing right now is walking with Christ. You can't walk with him if you don't know how good he is, if you don't understand his true nature, okay? So walking with Christ, everything about the nature of our Heavenly Father, everything about the nature of our Savior is just off the charts amazing. There's really, he has no bad side. No matter which way you look at him, he has, there's nothing negative about him. That takes some renewing of the mind right there. You know, there's, he has no deviant, no variation. He's perfect in all his ways. He actually, he never learned how to love. He is love. Okay, he's perfect wisdom, he's perfect righteousness, he has no beginning, he has no end, and this is why we're exhorted throughout the scriptures to rejoice in him regularly, because as we, like the psalmist, declare, say, praise the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. What are we doing? We're renewing our minds to the glory of our Father, to the reality of his goodness, to the reality of his nature and we're conditioning our hearts to interact and respond with him. 
So I think Philippians 4, verse 4 is probably the most profitable scripture in the Bible. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I think maybe it might be the most challenging scripture. Because it's the last thing that Satan wants us to do is to rejoice in the victory that we have in Christ. He wants you to think that something can happen to take that victory away from you or that something that's happened in your past will steal that victory from you. But the reality is the victory Christ has given you is yours forever and it's been ratified in his blood and no one can take that from you. All right, so I can't emphasize enough. That's why we take time to just shout and worship and pray in the Spirit and to do that corporately as well as privately and in our homes because as we do that, we're renewing our minds. We're getting our minds used to the reality of Him in our lives. He's not like man. He's faithful every time. He's, he's gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in loving kindness, he's perfect wisdom, he sees, he knows the end from the beginning, he's never not known anything, okay? Keep in mind, this is the one we're worshiping, this is the one we're serving, this is the one we're walking with. Now, if you have someone like that walking with you, that means you have no problems, well, let me say it this way. It means that you have the solution to all of your problems because we all have problems, right? It means you have no, no reason to be concerned or worry about any problems, right? All of us have challenges that we're faced with. That's the world we're living in. Now, not only is, this, is the one we're walking with off the charts amazing, but his plan for your life is off the charts amazing. In fact, the more you see his plan for your life, the more joy you'll experience. The more the things of this world will just fade away. And you'll realize, I don't have a thing to be concerned about. Because God is amazing, and his plan for my life is amazing. And he's moving on my behalf, and he's going to see to it that I get where he's called me to be. And that the things that need to happen in my life are going to happen. Hallelujah. Now, keeping that in mind, he made us in his image to walk with him, not at a distance, but hand in hand. That's a figure of speech to get close. He's living in us, right? It's better than hand to hand. But I want you to know he's as close as your heart, right? So let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. And this passage of Scripture has ministered to me for so many years. And I want to share this with you. We'll take our time. And uh, I know we've got to be out by a certain time today, and I'm trying to be expeditious, but at the same time, I, I want to get out everything that I believe the Lord wants us to, to, to hear and to meditate on. Matthew eleven twenty seven. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. Now listen, and this is, this is insight into the greatest relationship in, in all of history. The relationship of Jesus the Son with God the Father. But Jesus the Son at this point is in, in human flesh. Okay? So he surrendered his glory, emptied himself. He's now wrapped in human flesh. Doesn't look any different than you and me. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. Okay, so we know that what Jesus did and said, he didn't do of his own will. Okay, very important. And that's how we've endeavored to, to, in full-time ministry, not to do what we want to do, but as the Lord gives us time, whether it's in a corporate setting, online, before we get there, Father, how do you want us to spend that time? It's not our time. It's not our tongue. We've given that to you. Okay, I want you to get this relationship. Will you realize that you are bought with a price? Your life is really not your own. There becomes a, a, an affection, a holy reverence, a desire to walk with him and know him more, and really to submit and surrender to him. Okay, listen, this is Jesus talking. He's our example in, in the relationship with the Father. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. So this was the Father's will, not Jesus. This is a unique, 
father-son operation. You guys, I don't know if you guys can see that up there. I have to stay here. So, uh, uh, This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. How many people are involved in a father-son relationship? Father-son, right? Okay. So this is, this is intimacy. Okay. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. Now, religion would like to slam the door right there. But Jesus doesn't do that. He opens the door. Right? He says, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line. Here's the key with anyone willing to listen. Are you willing to listen? Now, let's, I'm going to keep going to verse 28, but let's, let's get as much as we can get out of this for the time we have, all right? So here's Jesus. He surrendered his glory. He's in the flesh. He's been ministering, teaching, preaching, healing, setting people free, and he's, he's sharing now an intimacy. He's opening a door into his relationship with the Father. Why? Because he wants us to walk in and enjoy that same relationship, okay? Now, Notice that there are only two people involved in this relationship. A marriage is a husband and a wife. God established that. To try and add another person would be perversion. Right? You can't have a marriage with more than two people. It's one man and one woman. Okay? The relationship God wants with you is between him and you. Come on, open your hearts. Stay with me. It's between him and you. Yes, there are other people in our lives, but he wants your undivided attention. Okay? Now, thank God for America. We are living in, I believe, the greatest nation in the world because of the freedom that we have here and the way that Christ has been exalted here. I know there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on in the nation. But actually, the type of government that we're used to living under, the, the government we have here in the United States, is called a democratic republic. Okay? That's a type of government we have here in the United States. You say, what does that have to do with walking with Christ? Well, in God's kingdom, there's a government. Okay? And it's not a democratic republic. It's actually a kingdom. Okay? And the, who's the king? Yeah, Jesus, right? He's the king of kings and lord of lords. But in a democratic republic, you know, I think other than the Bible, of course the Bible is the inspired word of God, I think our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, I think the Holy Spirit was very involved in the forming of those documents. And if you'll look at the principles that we, every human being was created uh, by God and endowed by God with inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you will look through what the documents actually say, they're very powerful and they're very concise. I know we've strayed a long way from those documents. They've been twisted, distorted, uh, tried to be erased. But nevertheless, we live in a system of government. This is how we grew up, where we elect officials. And that, that, that's fine for that. But actually, the founding fathers wanted it so if an elected official uh, was elected, they would serve at their own expense. And they would have limited terms. Okay? Now that we've gone a long way from that. Now we've got people who have made a career out of politics and there's gross corruption in Washington, D.C. And I'm not trying to, uh, you know, criticize anyone. I'm just talking about the reality of human government. In the kingdom of God, his government never gets corrupt. Okay? Because he was never elected. Okay? He actually, no one appointed him. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, the atmosphere of the kingdom depends upon the nature of the king. Yeah. 
Well, what's the nature of our king? Perfect love, perfect joy, perfect wisdom, perfect peace. And that's the atmosphere of his kingdom. Okay? So it's important as we walk with Christ to remember we're not walking with an elected official. Okay? And we're not voting on what, what he says. Okay? And I, I bring these things out. It sounds silly, but sometimes we really have to remind ourselves that we're, we're not dealing with human government anymore. We, when we accepted Christ, we said, Jesus, Lord, and we entered into the kingdom of God. Okay? Now, I grew up in a church that didn't have a clue about any of this. Didn't have a clue about what the kingdom of God was. We didn't read the Bible. Uh, Jennifer grew up in a church, and, and uh, they didn't understand the kingdom of God. Okay? But thank God that he opened our eyes to begin to learn and understand. Now, if you, let's see here. If you go back through the scriptures, I want to make sure I don't skip anything here. And if you will look, if you go all the way back, of course, Adam separated himself from God, and then God raised up Noah. He was the only righteous man left in the earth. And God, uh, then uh, God got to Abraham, then Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the nation of Israel. But God never wanted them to have a king. Other nations had kings, but he said, I want to be your king. And you know what they said? Now. We want a king like everybody else. How many think that was a bad decision? <laughs> really, come on. I mean, here's God. He, there's nothing perverted about him. There's no corruption in him. No wickedness. He's saying, I want to be your personal king. And they say, now. You know, we want a king like everybody else. That's a bad decision. And a lot of grief came into the earth because of that decision. Right? And from that point on, the governments of man have had a lot of grief, a lot of wars, a lot of challenges. Things change. Peace comes when we let God be our king. Yeah, yeah. And walking with Christ is all about him as your king. And that's not a dictator. And sometimes if we've had, and all of us probably have, or most of us have had bad relationships with authority. So when we talk about authority and, and him being our king, sometimes that can, you know, want to make us shrink back a little bit. But he's perfect love. And I had to renew my mind a lot because I didn't have a good relationship with my dad growing up. So I had to really learn what God the Father is like, okay? So when I'm talking about God being your king, I'm not talking about a dictator cracking a whip. It really is a sonship, right? It's a son, yeah, not, it's a sonship, sons and daughters. Now, God operates in this way, in a person-to-person -person way, and he's looking for those who have a heart after him that he can call into a personal relationship with him to follow him, Okay? Even if the government gives orders contrary to what he said. Right. Human government. Right, right, right. Are you with me? A lot's happened in the last few years in the United States. I'm not sure what's coming. I'm just sharing what, what the Lord's put on my heart to share. He wants you so tight with him. So sensitive to his leading. Where you know he's your king, he's your father. But just like Jesus, he said, the things I do and say are, I do, he said, I only do what the Father asks me to do. I only do what pleases the Father. I say and do what he leads me to do. And that is really the relationship he desires with us. I don't know what's coming, but I, I, I can tell you there's a lot of tension between the body of Christ and the governments of man. And I don't think that's going to lessen. I could be wrong. We pray for peace. But nevertheless, you want to, in your daily life, cultivate this intimacy with him and follow him as your king. Yes, your father, but also your king. King means that he's leading, right? That he is in that position of authority and that he knows better than we do and that he sees better than we do, right? So we need him as our king. There's a place for our king. Yes, our father. So Noah, back in the Old Testament, he was the only man left in the earth 
who chose to follow God. It said that the, the, the thoughts and intentions of every other person were only evil. Isn't that wild? So Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives were the only ones that followed God in the whole earth. Now they were spared uh, from the judgment that came upon the earth. And then God found a man named Abram. And Abram was in his 70s when God spoke to him. Now, Abram grew up in a, in a pagan family that worshipped the God of the moon and different pagan idols. He did that with his father. But when he got, became an adult man in his 70s, he called. God spoke to him and said, I want you to walk away from all of this stuff, and I want you to follow me. And Abram, without any scriptures, without any precedence, he said yes to him. And aren't you glad he did? Right? He's the father of our faith. And it was his yes to the father that we echo today. Right. Stay with me. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. And then from Abram, we know Abram had his promised son Isaac and Jacob, uh, his grandson. And then from Jacob, we know, came the, the 12 tribes. And then we know Moses was raised up as a deliverer. And obviously that led to the, the first king. Um, Saul, and then David, and so forth. So in the Old Testament, we had a system of government. In the Old Testament, you will see uh, prophets, priests, and kings. Okay? In the Old Testament. We don't have that system anymore in the New Testament. All right? We're talking about walking with Christ. All right? Old Testament, you had prophets, priests, and kings. And actually, it was the priests and the prophets that heard from God and anointed the next one to be king. Okay? It was Samuel that heard from God and knew it was David to be the king, even when no one else recognized it. Right? So there's this vital connection between heaven and our destiny. We have to hear from God. We have to hear from heaven. And if you're going to walk with him, you need to let go of any distractions that would, would contend with what he's asking of you. And I'm telling you, there are more than you can count, okay? All right? Now, in the New Testament, of course, after the Old Testament, Jesus came into the earth. Now, we know Jesus actually operated as an Old Testament prophet. Because the New Testament hadn't happened yet, right? That was after he rose from the dead and the Holy Spirit came. It was the New Testament. All right? But in the New Testament, we don't see this system of prophet, priests, and kings. We see a new system of government coming to the earth because now every believer is full of God. Every believer is full of the Holy Spirit. Every believer can hear from God. That, went, couldn't, that never happened before. It never happened before. That man could be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. And that's the, 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 the reality we're enjoying today. And we see this government the Apostle Paul taught us about. We see through acts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, we're talking about walking with God, relationship. If you'll study, and this is a powerful study, and I'm going to have to do one sometime here, but it would take several weeks. If you'll look at the intimacy of people in the Bible with the Father, it'll change your life. For example, Jesus had one man that was very close to him. Who was that? John. He's the one who had his head on Jesus' chest the Last Supper. He was the one that Jesus revealed who would betray him. He was the only disciple that went all the way to the cross with Jesus. And he was the, the, the one that was standing there when Jesus looked down. And Jesus entrusted his mother to, to John. So in Jesus, and you'll see this throughout the Bible, there is a, a, a tier of relationship. In Jesus' life, he had the one. And then he had the three, right? James, Peter, and John. So John and James and Peter. Then he had the 12. One of those betrayed him. Then he had the 70. Okay? And then you'll see that all the apostles kind of, you know, they, they, they did the best they could do in their ministries. Peter uh, focused a lot about on how much he loved God. John focused on how much God loved him. And it's said that they could not execute John. He was so powerful, right? So that's why we preach here. Focus on how much God loves you, not on how much you love God, okay? So there's a great value to intimacy with him. 
I want to be the closest person on earth to Jesus. Let's compete for it. Come on. I want to be the closest one to him. I want to be the closest one. I want to be the one who knows his, his the, the one who will say yes to him right away, no matter what he asks. Yes, Lord. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. No, but, 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 but. yes, Lord. I want, to, I want to be the closest one to him that he can entrust with his greatest treasures, right? Now, we see uh, John and James and Peter and the different apostles, and then we see this man raised up who wasn't one of the original 12. He was actually persecuting the original 12. His name was Saul, but he wanted to know God. God saw his heart and God appeared to him, and he became, I don't know, certainly one of the greatest apostles that's ever lived. And God entrusted him with the responsibility of writing mo most of the New Testament. I say that's, that's pretty significant. All right? But the apostle Paul, he's speaking of this system. And I encourage you, the epistles are so powerful. Romans is called the, referred to as the Magna Carta of the New Testament, one of the most powerful books you ever read. But all the, the epistles that he wrote... Uh, it's thought that he was the author of Hebrews, and it, it seems to make sense to me. But he wrote this in talking about the government of, of this New Testament government, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I want to read it to you out of, of two translations. The first one, it's Hebrews 13, 17, and it's the English Standard Version. And it says, um, obey your leaders and submit to them. Now, this is talking about leaders in the body of Christ, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Uh, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So notice the last two words there are to you. Anytime God asks for our obedience, it's for our benefit. Isn't that amazing? Anything, anything he asks of us, it's always for our benefit. Let me read that to you out of the message translation. It says, be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? The way that it's supposed to work is that every believer is to walk in an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then God is to raise up spiritual leaders, men and women. There are both in the, in the New Testament. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What's their role? Not to lord it over anybody, but to equip the saints. And you'll notice in all the different ministers we brought into highway over the years, whether it was Jim Hockaday or Scott Webb or Joe Morris or uh, Jen Tringale, Mary Frances Morello, they each carry a special gifting, a special way of uh, pulling revelation of Christ out of the scriptures and imparting it to those who listen. And that's the mark of the fivefold ministry. They have a, a way of saying things or putting things that just helps it click inside of us, Okay. And that equips us for the work of the ministry. Okay? Now, it's interesting. I'm thinking uh, in the church that, that Jennifer grew up in, they didn't even recognize uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't recognize uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers, pastors and teachers. They would call them ministers. And what they did, they would have an annual meeting and everyone would vote you know, like a democratic republic right. or a democracy. And then they would hire a teaching minister, they would call him. Right. So they, they, this committee would vote, and they would hire this minister to come in, and his responsibility was to teach from the Bible as the committee governed him. Now, I don't see that anywhere in the Scriptures. Right. That's not how God operates. I see God calling people, yeah. in, instilling in them a special revelation of his grace. Yeah of his goodness, and then, and then rallying, raising up the people around them to spread this revelation. That's what happened to Paul. That's what happened to all the disciples. But Paul's really kind of neat because he wasn't one of the original 12. But he, he met with Christ personally. Pretty powerful. And then he presented that revelation to 
uh, James in Jerusalem and to the church and the, the apostles in, Jer- in Jerusalem. But it's a very powerful thing when, when we understand this New Testament government, that we're walking with Christ, that he's our king, and that we need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in our lives. And you know me, I, when someone asks me, what do you want me to call you? I say, Joseph. I'm, really, I'm not interested in any kind of title. I am interested in understanding how the body of Christ works and how it functions. I have apostles in my life. I have prophets in my life. I have evangelists. I have pastors and teachers that I look to, that I pray with. Uh, Jonathan Del Turco is one of them from International Family Church in North Reading. Paul Brady, uh, Mary Frances Varallo, um, Joe Morris, Apostle. He's a, you know, there are several in my life that speak into my life. It's not a lording over. It equips me. It helps me to move forward in my calling. Okay? So now understanding that first verse, which is so packed, with this father-son kingdom of God dynamic. Let's go to verse 28. We're talking about walking with Christ. We're going to read 28 through 30. Then I'm going to share with you uh, a summary, really, of the last uh, four to six weeks, three years, really. But we'll, we'll, let me get to verse 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. He says, are you tired? Can anyone relate to that? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Yes, sir. Come to me. Who's that? Jesus, right? The Son of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Get away with me. That's privacy. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unfair forced rhythms of grace. And I don't know when the first time was I read it. It was many years ago. But as soon as I read that, I said, Father, help me. (laughs) Help. Help me to live my life in the unforced rhythms of your grace. And I've come a long way, but I'm telling you, sometimes I think, you know, help me, help me, Lord, help me to continue walking in your unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound good? Freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Okay, let's talk about what's happened in my life in the last four to six weeks. Let me preface it a little bit. Let's go back to summer, last summer, in July of 2021. I did a five-part series called Highway Vision. I hope you remember it. It was a five-week series, so we took our time. We put a map of the United States up on the screen. You remember? We talked about expanding, planning a new work in Nashville, and then maybe eventually on the West Coast. Okay, we spent five weeks talking about that. We talked about the vision of having a cafe. I mean, a a first-class, award-winning cafe, really nice, you know. And then in that cafe building, there would be another theater. We'd have live worship services and live worship events. And that's been in our heart for years. And it's been rising to the surface for years and years. And after I was in the midst of that service, our daughter, uh, Amber, came to me, and uh, she said, you know what? You know what's in my heart? I said, no. I said, what? She said, it's my dream. Should I say this, Amber? Do you want me to stop? It's okay. I didn't even ask you. I can stop right now. She said, it's my dream to have my own cafe. I said, you're kidding. She says, yeah. I said, I want to go into business. I want to have my own cafe. But anyway, it's very exciting what we see inside, and we thought, okay, let's do that. And we, we wanted to do that here, okay? Now, that was summer, July, August of 2021. And bear with me. I'm going to back up, give you some context here. Uh, back in January of 2019, now we're going back over three years ago, okay? Jennifer and I went down to Nashville. We, we go there as often as we can. It's, a, it's a, a place the Lord's kind of put in our heart. 
And we went down there to celebrate our anniversary, but also to kind of scout it out. We met with Jen Trengale, who's a prophet in our lives, prayed it out, and we just really sensed a stirring in Nashville. This is January 2019. Now, I didn't know it then, but Jennifer shared with me she had had a dream. You okay? Can you walk with me through this? Just, just sharing my life with you. Now, in our marriage of about 28 years in December, there's been a handful of times where Jennifer would have a dream that would precede a major transition in our lives. And uh, they've been very accurate, okay? So she shared with me down in Nashville, and we're having a great time. We um, listen to the Lord praying, and she said, I had a dream that we would be moving out of our home within two years. This was January 2019, okay? And I thought, no, that's not going to happen. I said, we've got too much work to do. We can't move out of our home. And I really didn't see any way that could happen, okay? So like all things with the Lord, we just give it to him, and we just keep seeking him, and he makes it clear to us, okay? So coming out in it through 2019, uh, we hit, 2020, and hello, uh, all kinds of darkness we didn't expect swept the globe, right? Isolation, uh, corruption, confusion, and, and everyone was to stay in their homes, and uh, we navigated that, and God was very gracious, but in, so now that's, that's all of 2020, right? That's the first year of COVID. 2021, People, it's still, it just, it dragged on longer than I, I thought maybe two or three months at the most. You know, boy, was I wrong. People are still in that mentality, okay? People are still don't even know what happened, okay? Nevertheless, we get into 2021. Things are really stirring in us. And remember, January 20, January 2019, we're praying. Now we're up into 2021. So I feel, I said, okay, I got to share something with the Highway family. We do the Highway Vision Series. During that series, I said, I don't have a timeline. I don't know the details of this. I just feel I need to get this out of my heart to you so that we can pray about this and let God navigate us through this. Well, COVID continued throughout that year. Now, we were renting a space. It was a handshake agreement, um, you know, and, and the owner was pretty generous to us, but we had to honor his wishes, and we were, it was a very isolated time. But I felt like from January 2019 up until now, we have been in a holding pattern. That's over three years. Yeah. I don't like holding patterns. <laughs> have you ever taken a flight and you go into a holding pattern? We were coming back uh, from, uh, was it Nevada, and we were ready to land in Boston. All of a sudden, boom, he starts heading up to Canada. I was like, no. He says, ah, sorry, folks, we've got to go to a holding pattern because of the weather. So we just went up into Canada all the way around over the ocean, and that delayed our landing, okay? Sometimes you're in a holding pattern on the tarmac. You can't take off. So I have felt like the last three-plus years, I'm like, come on, let's do this thing. Let's get this cafe vision. Let's and every time I go to do it, the Holy Spirit says, hey, hold on, hold on. I don't understand it. He just said, hold on. Okay, you're Lord. You're my Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I keep seeking him. Keep seeking him. Keep seeking him. Keep worshiping him. Keep living for him. Don't let things get to you. Keep trusting him. Don't let all the situations and circumstances distract you from what he's leading you to do. I'm telling you, this is not automatic for anyone. We have to daily choose to keep distractions at bay and listen to his voice. Okay? So, uh, so we go, I, I share the series last summer, Jennifer, we plan a surprise birthday party for Jennifer in that following September in Nashville. She didn't know about it, her parents came up, her brother and sister from Florida, and we had a surprise birthday party in Nashville in September, and uh, it was fun, but we went to Nashville, we kind of scouted out again, and we were just like, what happened? It didn't bear witness with us at all. And I thought, it must just be us. And we just, we didn't feel anything. Like no prompting to make this step. So we're like, okay, we'll just keep praying about it. We don't, we don't see and know or understand anything. We're just going to follow as he leads us. Okay? This is real life living. If anything I've endeavored to do here in Highway is to encourage you to walk with him, live with him in real life. 
So I try and share my real-life situations with you, and I hope it helps you in your life, okay? And I know it's not always concise, and, but you just have to be patient with me. So there it is, September 2021. And we're like, okay. So we come back. We just keep worshiping the Lord. Uh, another apostle in our life, Paul Brady, calls us. And Paul has a church in Ireland. He has a church in Australia, I believe, a church in Florida, and a church in Tulsa. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a broad network. Okay, and he, he says, would you guys come out and minister at Millennial? How about what if you guys did a Christmas show on Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning worship, then you can minister Sunday night. And we had a blast, so we can come out. Now, I hadn't been in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 15 years. We get out to Tulsa just ready to have fun and minister the gospel, and all of a sudden, brrr, inside. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait, we're not here for that. We're just here to fellowship, worship, minister the gospel, then we're going back to New England. And the Holy Spirit starts speaking to our hearts about Tulsa. I said, no, that can't, that can't be. Not Tulsa. That was, that was never in the thought process or planning process or anything. Now, I want you to understand something about the will of God. God has a will and a plan that he desires to be done in the earth. Now, there are absolute, there are things that are set in stone that can't be moved. The coming of God's Son. No one's going to change that, all right? And now, the scriptures teach us that we can hasten the return of the Son. I'm all about that. I want him to come today if he could, right? We can hasten his return. So there's a lot of things that are really up to us. So with many aspects of the will of God, he is looking for our cooperation. And I'm just being real with you. In the last three years in America, what has reared its ugly head has been a demonic plan to, to weaken America that's been in the works for decades. I'm just being real. I'm not trying to blame anyone because it's really in the realm of the Spirit. So don't take any of this personal, anyone who's hearing me where we are, okay? But there's a spiritual realm, and the devil hates freedom. He hates the fact that people can worship Christ here and not get put in jail. He wants to stop this country. And the way to do that is from strife within, to get us to hate one another, to be suspicious of one another, to turn on each other. He does that in the body of Christ, right? And that's how he operates. But we're not ignorant of his schemes. So here we are. He starts speaking to us about Tulsa. This is December. January, February, March, April, May. Five months ago, six months ago. So we go home. We, again, we don't do anything. We just keep, I, I get in my closet. I just lay on the floor and worship him, you know. I just praise him. I'll shout. I'll jump up and down. I'll just pray in his spirit. And then things start to clarify. So January, February, we're, Jennifer and I are just praying. Don't know anything yet. We just know what the Lord's doing in our hearts. And we're like, okay, what does that mean? Because we, we believe that we would be in that warehouse into 2023. And then in this next year plus, we would be able to lease a place or hopefully buy a place that we could set up a uh, 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 building here with a ministry here, maybe a cafe. We weren't sure on that. But at least we would have a place that we could gather regularly, okay? So that's how we were operating in January and February. The owner calls me at the end of February and says, you guys got to vacate the premises. You know that story. So I said, okay. So we, we, we get realtors, and I, I looked at a property as recently as this past week, just to let you know. We're still looking, okay? But they, they sent us things. We looked at things. Nothing seemed to work for us. The, one th- the things we thought would work were under negotiation. Every time I go, Lord, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Come on, talk to me. Let's go, you know? And Tulsa just keeps rising up, rising up, rising up. We go through March. Nothing opens up. I ask for a month extension through April. Something will open up in April. You know, and there are times I thought, oh, no, we're not. We're just going to stay here and keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Nothing opens up. Towards the end of April, it becomes very clear. The Lord says, I want you to do this now. This is what I do. Like, do you mean nine months from now? Do you mean like a year from now? And he just kind of smiles. You mean now, now. Like now. And I believe the Lord asks us to sell our home and to relocate, not to Nashville, but to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, let me explain this to you. Back in 2019, Mary Frances spoke a word over us. 
she said, is this highway ministry as a hub. And that's what we talked about when we put the map up on the United States. We believe the Lord wanted to reposition us in the center of the country, and then out from there would come spokes, okay, to the northeast, to the west. So it was the center of, con- of the country. I did not realize it, but from what I understand, I guess Tulsa is, is kind of like almost the center of the country. And many ministries like T.L. Osborne or Roberts, Kenneth E. Hagan chose Tulsa because of its position in the country. It enabled them to get to the places they needed to get to within two, two to three hours as far as flights go. Yes, go ahead, sweetie. Can you give her some microphone there? Adam? When, when you have a prophet come into the building or into your midst and then start working to somebody, you don't have to just fall asleep while she talks to somebody else. Yeah. You can grab the word that was spoken to somebody Yes. And in my young grace, I remember very specifically, Gary Francis in January gave you guys a timeline saying there'd be a move in April. And, and, I was, and I'm listening. Not just from you, but I'm like, uh, okay, this is January, yeah. and she, yeah. you know, and we, would, we didn't know about the building, we didn't know anything of that, but right. again, just pointing to the accuracy of what she brings and what the Lord's doing, and yeah. why she yeah. said in January, there'd be a move that you need to consider in April. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's church, awesome. Too, yeah. When we were yeah. Yeah. Not only in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from, from the voices that we honor mm-hmm. in our yeah. lives to, yeah. to give us counsel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's for all of us. You know, I, I mm-hmm. just I just will say that. We're talking about our lives, but he's our pastor. And mm-hmm. the word for the for Amani Grace is a word for us all. And so these things that's are good. impacting not just our family, but for us all. That's good. I never thought of that when she said a move in April. She did. Wow. I found it. I found it. That's good. good. That's so good. That's so good. So what I did as April progressed, I called my pastor. Remember the New Testament authority, right, and government? Jonathan Del Turco, amazing man. He's been to Highway, him and his wife. uh, Married 40-some years in ministry, 40-some years. 46 years this weekend. Just two of the most uh, amazing people we've ever met. Um, and of course we've talked about Nashville over the years and prayed with him and I told him the shift that had taken place and I don't and, and you know we prayed together he was very encouraging he really agreed and, and, and confirmed and as I talk to any of the leaders in my life I invite them I say I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a rebuke right. please rebuke me if you feel you need to correct me I want God's correction in my life I want his rebuke because I don't know it all Okay, I make mistakes, okay? So it's good to have leaders in your life that you trust that can speak the loving word of God to you and help you navigate these things. So I called him. We prayed together. had a wonderful time. He, he felt that we're on the right path and that, that the Lord is leading us. So I called uh, Paul Brady, talked with him. He's been in Tulsa for like eight years now. Talked with him. He was, thought it was God. He was very excited about the whole thing. He said, that, you know, who you are, the ministry you have, this, this city needs you guys. Um, and he said, I see, well, he said that when he was here last time, he said, I, I really believe the Lord wants to move you to the center of the country. And from there, so that you can reach the rest of the country. But that was prior to all this. Anyway, so I called him. I called Joe Morris. I called Scott Webb. All these uh, amazing men and women of God that have proven themselves in ministry over decades, uh, personally and in ministry, and they all said the same thing and all agreed. Next step was to talk to my kids, you know, and talk to them about it. So Jennifer and I called all the kids together, you know, and just talked with them, and it was a big uh, change, you know, because that was not in any of our plans, that location. We all sensed transition for sure, but Nashville was really all we had thought would happen. So we talked with them about it, and they've been great, you know, so it'd be all six of us that would be going to Tulsa. And, you know, and since that time we've talked, that was back in April, we've really all kind of, the Lord's working on our hearts, and we're kind of seeing some things. We're getting kind of excited. Um, you know, and then we, we tried to talk to as many people here at Highway as we could in four weeks. 
But the Lord said, I want you to get your home on the market. We've been living in New England 27 years. A family of, uh, you know, is what did you say, 28? Well, almost, yeah. Uh, you know, with, a, with, with uh, five kids and all the things. It's amazing how much stuff you accumulate, you know. And uh, that's why I love 1-800-GOT-JUNK. It's like, come get this out of my garage, please. Um, but so here I am, we're approaching May, and he's saying, I want you to get your home on the market before Memorial Day. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, so we're talking about moving the ministry, uh, keeping this ministry going here still. Okay, I'll be very clear. And I'm going to hand something out to you in a second. But also setting up a new headquarters in Tulsa. Okay, and branching out from there. And then getting your home on the market. And that's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of just cleaning, <laughs> you know, a lot of just cleaning and sweeping and cleaning again and sweeping again and cleaning again and throwing stuff away and going through the inventory of your stuff and, and just making a move. And I'm just being real with you. It's not something I want to do. It's not something I was looking forward to. And it's been very hard for me. Just going to be real with you. Uh, I, I would not choose to do this. Um, so I I've kind of feel like... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how much I'm clicking on all cylinders right now. But these last four to six weeks for me have just been very challenging emotionally. Just being honest with you. I, I, wish, I, I wish I didn't, I wish I could just all of a sudden be joyful and say, yes, Lord, we'll do it. I'll, I, but I, it's just taken, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in my life here in the last 27 years. And it just, it's a big shift for me. But I'm excited because of his leadership. Now, let's talk about what's happening here and what's going to continue. So if I can have uh, anyone, just, just two people to hand some things out. Daniel, just, just take one and pass them around. Thank you. I want to talk about this, ex this plan that we have for this transition and for this expansion. Okay? What the Lord has done among us in these, this, we're in our ninth year, okay, as a church. Uh, we're in our ninth year and I want to give God glory. Yes. He, he, he called us to start a new work in 2013. We had our first public service in February 2014. We stepped out on zero. Okay, I mean, I didn't have any other full-time job. I've not worked any other type of job since 1999. I've been living by faith since 1989. Okay, we're trusting the Lord for his provision in every area of our life. That's how we've lived. That's how we've walked with him. Okay, it's been over 30 years of doing that. I'm not stopping now. Okay? So he called us out, and he provided everything we've needed along the way. We've seen uh, powerful, supernatural healings of people's physical bodies, of their emotions, marriages restored, families restored, uh, people set free of addictions and bondages. I want to give God all the glory for that. It's worth it all. It's worth all the sacrifice, okay? It's worth all the feelings and all that stuff, okay? And I want to give God glory for all the salvations and lives changed that we've seen. We, after sowing for these in the ninth year into your hearts and the hearts of the people in this area, we want to foster the growth of this. We want to keep going. Our hope is that a building, that we would have a building here where this ministry would continue and a building in Tulsa. Okay, let's just start reading at the top of the page. Okay, it's a three-part plan for transition and expansion. Okay, the, three, the three parts are home groups, pastoral leadership, and online ministry. Okay, let's look at each one of these. Home groups. To foster the well-being, growth, and fellowship of the current highway congregation through home groups. Home groups would gather weekly to host watch events where the worship and ministry of the word would be streamed, followed by local prayer, ministry, and fellowship among congregants. This includes the potential goal of gathering all home groups together for periodic in-person meetings. Maybe like what we're doing here today, locally, until we have a place of our own. Okay? 
we will shorten the live stream Sunday service to approximately one hour, okay? This will allow for discussion, prayer, and fellowship in each home after the services. We will also continue to release regular video Bible studies during the week that can be used for midweek gatherings as well. And boy, I hope you're, you're grabbing a hold of those. They come out every Wednesday, and they're so good. In, in addition, we will continue to uh, send regular exhortation through emails and social media, which will help the Highway family to grow stronger in the finished work of Christ. This includes the potential goal of gathering all home groups together uh, for periodic in-person meetings locally, which was said at the top. Our goal and hope would be that the successful growth and support of home groups in New England and the growth and support of the work in Tulsa would enable the leasing and purchasing of our own facility here locally. A highway Tulsa and a highway New England. Okay, that's what our hope is. Now, let's talk about the pastoral leadership. Pastoral leadership. The Boscos will relocate to Tulsa, search for a new location, and begin the expansion. We believe the Lord wants us to hit the ground and look for that cafe building. Okay? Pastors Joseph and Jennifer will continue to pastor this highway family and have apostolic oversight of the message and ministry of highway. In other words, Jennifer and I are committed to the message we preach and will continue to do all we can to keep it simple and accessible. Okay? You'd be amazing at the effort it takes to keep things simple. Really? Boy, things can get so complicated. But we started this. God said do three things. Worship services, uh, get-togethers, and helps ministry. That was it. Okay? He said during your worship service, I want you to have a time of worship with music. And then I want you to minister the word and build them up in who, I, who, who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. And that's what we've done. And when our get-togethers have been awesome as well. Okay, online ministry. Now, and I know sometimes... Um, Different parts of the country are more quick, are, are more acceptable of change than others, okay? Uh, Judah Smith, I don't know if you guys know who Judah Smith is. He's a pastor out in Seattle, I think. Is that right? Uh, now, I don't follow his ministry. I don't know him very well. I just know about him. So, um, but I know this. I think it was in 2019. He decided to go online only. And boy, did he take criticism for that. Then after COVID, he couldn't, handle all the requests of the pastors calling him and saying, how'd you do that? You know? In other words, the Lord led him to do that. There's a ministry uh, called Church Online. It's, uh, what's the name? Of, uh, Craig Rochelle. Is that right? Am I saying, he's the head of the ministry? Craig Rochelle. Is that right? Yeah. And what's Life Church is the name of the ministry. And we've used the resources for Children's Church. They're amazing. But it's an amazing ministry and the ministry that has taken place online in the last 10 years is supernatural. I'm going to share more about that with you next week. It's amazing. But let's just read this. We will continue to improve the broadcast quality and scope of our online ministry and build our online congregation numerically and geographically. Okay, what does online congregation mean? Well, it's people, we have people currently who they only participate online. There's someone in San Francisco, uh, uh, some in Virginia. Uh, there, there was uh, Arizona, there was some in Maine. Uh, in other words, the highway is their church, and they participate with us online only, okay? But they're in different geographical locations. So online only will be people that are vitally connected through their faith, prayer, and online attendance and online giving, but do not attend a home group or corporate gathering, okay? Yeah. So I know this is a lot. Boy, do I know this is a lot. <laughs> More than anyone, this is a lot. <laughs> and I won't go into all that because I don't have any woe is me stories because God's so faithful. Right. Hallelujah. Um, but this is, this is, this is going to take time to process. And I can be so gung-ho, I want to take the bull by the horns and, boom, let's go. But as I, I was getting into that mode in April and May, and the Lord said, hold on, hold on. It's just unforced rhythms of grace. Just unforced rhythms of grace. So I want you to know 
we value you, we love you, we are for you. We believe that this can be amazing, and I'll explain why next week. One of the reasons America is in desperate need of strong families. Where do families live? In their homes. Can I just be real with you? Being in ministry for 30, I don't know, 20-some years, by and large, the people we minister to come from broken homes. Either there was never a dad in the picture or there was just some people living together or, and I'm telling you, the damn, if you really want to know what the, what the real problem is with America, it's fatherlessness. Just be real with you. You can blame politicians all you want, but it's father. It's the breakdown in the home. And I believe because of what's, what people decided to do, what world leaders and government leaders and individuals decided to do in these last two years, God has had to shift his orders for his leaders. When I was in the military, you had a commander-in-chief that had a global strategy. And you're just, your rank, and you have no idea what the global strategy is. You just get orders, and you say, yes, sir. There are a lot of similarities between that and the body of Christ. And that's why Paul speaks of the military so much, okay? God sees everything that's happening in every state in America and around the world. And sometimes if the church of Jesus Christ starts going the politically correct direction and starts distancing themselves from the fullness of the gospel, God might have to call a pastor in Taunton to the center of the country to fire some things up. I don't understand it all, but I'm just going to say yes. Okay? So I don't understand the whys of the commander-in-chief's orders, but I do understand he knows what he's doing. He knows where we need to be and when we need to be there. So I want you to know there's no pressure here. We want to go forward uh, rejoicing, relax, (laughs) and the unforced rhythm of his grace. So this is what we're asking of you. But again, this is not a demand. We're just asking this of you. We ask that everyone prayerfully consider, and that's all, okay? And that, that's going to take time. It's going to take days, yeah. weeks, because yeah. this took me a while, okay? And, and you know, it's even sometimes I, I just wouldn't even say anything about it. I just get alone with the Lord and pray in the Spirit because yeah. there's so many emotions, and I want to say so many things, you know, but I just, about oh. Your will be done, Father, in my life, just as it is in heaven. Me and my family belong to you. This church belongs to you. Lead us, Father. Okay? So we we ask that everyone prayerfully consider helping us to develop the home group model of church. The home group model is not new. Check out Acts, okay? And has been done very successful, successfully in the States and around the world. We realize that this is a big change for all of us. We would like to ask that the Highway family prayerfully consider this three-part plan and commit to helping uh, its success for the next six months through the end of 2022. Okay? That's what we're asking you to prayerfully consider. Again, no pressure. Okay? You follow the Lord. The Lord tells you to move to Minnesota. You go. All right? Whatever you follow Him. All right? Or however He leads you, you follow the Holy Spirit in your life. We anticipate some will be very excited about home groups, and some may not. We all trust the Holy Spirit to lead during this time. Whatever people decide to do, We will bless them and encourage them to follow Christ with all of their hearts. We will encourage every believer to be led by the Holy Spirit. And as we have done from the beginning, we will continue to encourage everyone to follow the peace of Christ in their own lives. Okay? The the hallmark of this ministry is who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ. Can you come up and just worship the Lord for a little bit? 
And that's the calling the Lord has upon this, this family is to proclaim and present who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ. That's going to grow and expand, and that's what we have sowed into your life, and that's what we want to continue to sow into your life. And we just ask you to prayerfully consider that. Now, I know at this point in time, uh, believe me, I understand, there can be a ton of questions. What I feel we should do right now is just, we're gonna, I'm going to finish up here. We're going to worship a little bit. And before we, if you, I'm going to do this right now because we, we're going to meet together next Sunday. Take time to pray in the Spirit. Take time this week. Any questions that you may have, send the email to info at highwaychurch.us, okay? Info at highwaychurch.us, okay? Please do that, all right? Because I know it's, it's challenging when change comes. You want to, you know, what's going on? Here's, here's something to be aware of, okay? We're in a transition. We're in a change. Anytime change comes, the devil wants to take advantage of the situation, okay? He's the one who brings strife, who brings confusion, who tries to break apart, all right? But we're not ignorant of his schemes. Now, if you've been on earth for any length of time, you know there's such a thing as gossip, right? Where, where someone starts talking about someone else, right? And boy, has it happened in the body of Christ. I wish it didn't, but it does. Even among pastors. One pastor hears what another pastor is doing. And, what you, what, they're doing what? That's wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's just crazy what happens. Okay, I, I'm not trying to single anyone out. I'm just highlighting the enemy's strategies and how the flesh wants to respond to change. Right? We want to we wanna try and whatever but the spirit is at peace yes. and the spirit just keeps walking with the lord so gives every question to him and i found in my life you know there were so many times i wanted to ask someone something or i wanted to talk to someone but the first thing i would do is lay on my face before god sometimes for hours and days before i ever went to them and i found after i did that there was nothing i needed to ask them the Lord answered every question. The reason I bring that up is, is Jesus encourages this intimacy with him, that we take every concern to him first, and we don't, okay, pray about this and then go away frustrated. We get with him until we have his answer and his peace on it. And that may come in five minutes. It may come in five days, but we don't, so we don't give up. We press in to hear from the Lord directly what he would have to say to us regarding whatever the situation is in our life. It is a spiritual discipline to do this. The flesh doesn't want to do it. The flesh wants to figure everything out and talk and, and get involved in all the noise. Don't go that direction. Stay in the spirit. Let's, 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 let's walk with him through this, okay? Let's, 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 uh, let's worship Let's sing a little bit right now, all right? Let's sing a little right now. Don't just tell your flesh to be quiet. Just let your spirit lead. Let's just sing unto the Lord. Jennifer, you have something to say? God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.